Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4, a podcast where we take a nostalgic look at movies from different generational perspectives. And I'm your host, Peter, and joining me today is Jay from the Kita and Jay Show. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing well, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, for those that might have heard, let me see. Uh, I think recently I covered the original Superman. I'm pretty sure I mentioned uh, the episode you joined me on, on original remake, where we compared the uh, Superman 2 and the Superman 2 Richard Donner cut. So um, so that, that was, that was a, a fun episode. So I encourage listeners to check that out if they haven't done so yet. So uh, today you're joining me for... Um, Angels in the Outfield. Uh, the movie came out in 1994. So before we get into that, I want to kind of go back to that year and talk about some of the movies and songs that came out. So um, I want to start with music. You pretty into music, would you say? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So the time of the release of the movie, the number one song on the Billboard charts was All for Ones, I Swear. Really? Yeah. Huh. And looks like it was number one for almost three months. Wow. Yeah, it's like uh, two months two months and three weeks there. So almost three months. It was number one. Not a big fan of that one? No, I was just thinking no, I was just thinking about the song. I swear, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to sing it right now. <laughs> I mean it'd be terrible, but uh but yeah, I swear. I, I remember the song and I I mean I've heard it like recently too. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I'm, I'm surprised that was that was number one, you know, for a while in 1994. Yeah, huh. yeah, it was. Uh, the The song that preceded it was uh, Asa based the sign. I saw the sign. That one. That was mm. uh, that was like number one for two weeks, and the one that uh, the song that came out number one after I swear was Stay by Lisa Loeb. Yeah, now I remember that because I remember that dog on video. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was number one for like three weeks. So it doesn't sound like you were really a fan of either of those three, huh? Well, I would no in '94 probably not. I think I was more. Uh, I think I was more rap based and uh, R&B. Even though I was okay. eight years, even though I was eight years old, but yeah, but that was still because that was the stuff that my uh, older brother and older sister was listening to. So I kind of you know listened to what they had to listen to in a sense. So. Yeah, for for me, I was definitely listening to the radio, so I was listening to a lot of these, uh, you know, commercial mainstream type pop songs. But uh, I remember for sure, nineteen ninety four gave me thuggish, ruggish bone. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Yeah, because uh, I kind of going back. I mean, for anyone who's listening, probably like, what the hell are they talking about here? But um, I don't know if you remember the channel, uh, the Box. Mm -mm, no, remember it. It was like a, uh, it was almost like an interactive type channel where you could, where they would play videos and you could call in and request like which uh, video to play next type of deal. I feel like we had something exactly like that, but I don't think it was called the box. Hmm. Um, you know, yeah, it, you would have like a. Uh, like some text on the on the bottom of the screen showing like you know like upcoming songs that somebody requested or something like that. It I wonder if it is the same thing, and I just don't remember the title being called the box. Yeah, I, and, I mean I could be wrong, and I mean that was so long ago. Shoot. Yeah, um, yeah, no, but or something like that. Yeah, with it. I remember that because uh, I remember that freaking song. Uh, I'm a scat man used to be on there all the time, and we used to get a kick out of it because of you know him doing the scat man, you know. 
and that whole thing. And because uh, I remember that was played in uh, what's that movie? Uh, Nothing to Lose with uh, Martin oh, okay. Lawrence and Tim Robbins. It was played in that as well. But yeah, I mean the box. It was, it was a chance. So you got to see a lot of different type of um, you know videos. And Thuggish Records Bone was one of them. Yes. Uh, and the Lisa Loeb song, I believe, was one of them as well. That got kind of like a you know continuous play from people calling in requesting those videos. Yeah. Um, the box. I'm sure somebody will kind of remember. But um, it was a. Uh, are you a Bone fan at all? Yes, I am. I, I've been a Bone fan, you know, since they, you know, came out. I mean, let's say I had actually I have their first uh, album still. Which so, one, Faces of Death? Well, the, the first big one, I should say, <laughs> which was right. uh, which was uh, was uh, E ninety. on a come up. No, the, the the one that had um, uh, well, I guess it wasn't the first one. Shoot, see, I'm remembering bad, but uh, the one that had uh, Crossroads on it. Right, um, right. Now, did you have the one with Crossroads or The Crossroads? The Crossroads. The Crossroads. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you had the one with the remix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, so uh, I never owned Faces of Death. Uh, I've heard some of the songs. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i a huge Bone fan, too. And um, I have... Well, that's the thing with Apple Music. You, you have all their albums, you know, if you have Apple Music. But uh, as far as the physical copy, I think I still got... Um, I don't think I have creeping on a come up anymore, but I definitely got the East ninety nine album and uh, the art, the art of war, the third album. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to think what some of the other albums, but I got, I got like a bunch of the other Mo Thug uh, CDs as well. But um, yeah, huge, huge fan. Last year, I finally got to see all five of them on stage, and then this year I went again, only three. So that's, yeah, that's what they be doing. Like they, they get you. Like I'm like, yeah, the bones are coming back again, and I, I I go see them, and there's just three of them, and it was just uh, it was just lazy wish and flesh. That was it. No busy or crazy. Yeah, well, and and and, and busy and crazy was kind of like the two standouts. Yeah, busy. yeah, and I feel like the the girls just like busy and and lazy. That that was it. But you're right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was I was pretty upset, but I I have seen them like five times, but only one time, all five on stage, so that, so that was nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, some of the movies that came out around the time of uh, the Angels in the Outfield's release. Uh, tell me if you heard of these movies, Natural Born Killers. I own it. Ah, okay. Little Rascals. I own that on VHS. Okay. How about the Specialist? I've seen that plenty of times uh, with Stallone and uh, Sharon Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I love it. All righty then. Okay. Uh, the Client. Wow. Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. Oh, that came out around this time too? Jeez. Kind of. I, I think The Client. Yeah, actually, The Client came out a week later. Wow. Surprisingly, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's a good so, that's a good thriller. Yeah. Uh Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, who who doesn't own that? I mean Yeah. I, I, I don't, but I, I have seen the movie many a times. Let's see here. Uh, this is surprising because mm, let's see how Ace Ventura came out. Okay, so Ace Ventura came out a little bit earlier. Uh well actually a lot earlier. It was uh February of ninety four, but the mask came out uh the same month as Angels in the Outfield. But two Two Jim Carrey movies in the same year. Well, that's that's back when when he was you know he was at his uh, peak at that I'm, time. I'm yeah. sorry, I lied. 
three Jim Carrey movies in one year. Um, Dumb Dumber came out in May. No, I'm sorry, later on that year. So wow. Yeah, I mean, like I yeah. said, that's, that's that's Jim Carrey. You know, he was at the height of his, you know, fame at this point. I mean, he had just, you know, not too long ago left off of uh, In Living Color, and he, you know, started his movie career with comedies. And I mean, you know, it, it kind of he kind of ruled the ninety early nineties in a sense when it came to comedies. No, I, you're right. I, I feel. And, okay, so um, the Angels in the Outfield came out July fifteenth, right, nineteen ninety four. Also released on July 15th, True Lies, the number three movie of the year. Wow. Yeah. A month before, Lion King, the number two movie of the year. And two weeks before, Forrest Gump, the number one movie of the year. So that was a big summer. Uh, Yes, it was. A huge summer. Holy cow. So that's 1994 for you. And obviously, yeah, I mean... You mentioned it, like who doesn't own uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, but that was that's a pretty pretty good year for a lot of good movies. The Crow came out that year too. Wow. Yeah, and, and of course, unfortunately, you know, with yeah, Brandon we Lee, lost, we lost Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there was just some kind of anniversary. I, oh, I think it was the anniversary of his passing, just like a few, maybe like last week or something like that. Uh, actually, earlier this week, uh, the thirty first. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, just a few days ago. Then at the time yep. of this recording, wow, okay. I don't... Yeah, that's that's too bad. That that right. that was. Yeah. I mean, just one little side note on that's kind of you know, and that's why I think a lot of people kind of compare his death with um, Heath Ledger's death because they were kind of similar. Where they, you know, unfortunately, of course, they passed away two different reasons. But it, you know, that in '94 was kind of what a lot of people experienced when Heath Ledger passed away after the whole uh, uh, Batman uh, movie and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people, you know, they were really upset about that. And I mean, because, you know, you you like those people, even though you might not have known them personally, but you I guess you you seen their movies and you knew their careers in a sense. And it just because it happened so suddenly, especially with Brand Lee, you know, it was a tragic accident that happened on set and everything. And And also, too, oddly enough, my sister actually named her son, my nephew, my oldest nephew. She named him Brandon after Brandon Lee. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, People have asked me, like, you know, when they hear about my oldest son, Phoenix, they're like, oh, is that like like River Phoenix? Or I'm like, no, no. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> we're just, just trying to think of a unique name that started with a P, you know, or not unique, but un, uh, a more uncommon name. Because, you know, you got your Patrick's, your Paul's, and I, I know a lot of those. And uh, yeah. I, I didn't want anyone to think I was naming my son after any any of them, you know. So I was trying to just go with something a little bit uh, different. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, there's not too many, you know, Phoenix out there. So no, but the ones that we do know, it's, it's we know like two little girls named Phoenix. <laughs> so <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't, you know, feel like a, a little f- weird like growing up if he ever meets like any more other Phoenixes that are like girls, you know. So, um, so angels in the outfield, I did have, uh, I did ask you to choose, um, you know, well, actually I asked you to choose a, a few different movies and you selected this one. Um, now, uh, what, what's your history with this particular movie? Well, okay. Um, going back around that time, like I said, when I was, cause I was eight years old in 94. So that's kind of telling my age right there. But, um, so I was a huge baseball fan. Um, I used to watch baseball a lot with my granddad. And he was a fan of the um, Atlanta Braves. And we watched games together. And that 
you know, I, through that, I became a fan of baseball. I don't really watch so much now, but back then when I was a kid, baseball was kind of my number one sport for me. And basically any movie that was coming out that had to do with baseball, I was basically, oh, I want to see that. I want to see that. So when Angels in the Outfield came out, because it was kind of, you know, it was, it was a little different from a lot of the other baseball movies that came out around that time because the whole thing with Angels. And so it was more of a fantasy, you know, thing to it. So it kind of drew me to that. And plus, I was a fan of Danny Glover, who, of course, from the um, Lethal Weapon movies and then Christopher Lloyd, you know, from the Back to the Future movies. So I just was like drawn to that movie and wanted to see it. And I'm kind of glad I did because it's a good, I would say, inspirational type movie in a sense. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, Angels the Outfield was also one that I watched uh, a, a lot when I was younger. Um, I, I'm actually a little bit older than you, so uh, when this movie came out, I was 11. Okay. And I, I remember like going over to Albertsons and you know renting movies for like a buck fifty, and this this would be one of them. You know, as you said, you know, um, uh, Christopher Lloyd. You know, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, so it was one uh, that I I needed to watch, right? Yeah. And the fantastical element of adding like the, the angels, well, you know, it was cool. You know, I was I was still a kid, and I, I thought that was cool. And it, it's funny, like you mentioned, um, you know, Danny Glover being in like Lethal Weapon. His name was Roger, and the main kid is Roger too, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. So yeah, so that that was pretty interesting. Uh, but this uh, this movie is a is a remake of the 1951 film of the same name, and instead of actually having angels, I, I think they hear angels in that movie. You know, I've never seen it, but mm -hmm. I think I think that's uh, what what I read. Um, this one directed by William Deere, not somebody I'm familiar with. And I, I think I saw in his credits that he directed like, uh, uh, Henry and the Hendersons and then something more recently that's, that's kind of worth a note was, I think he did like the Sandlot sequel. I don't know if it was the second one or the third one, but it doesn't look like he has a lot of huge movies, uh, under his belt, but the, the cast, uh, before I even name some of them, what were some of the ones that you kind of recognize upon watching this? Well, okay, at the time, I mean, the only ones that I really knew, like I said, were Danny Glover and Christopher Lloyd and Tony Danza. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those were because you know those were the more established actors that you've seen in you know different movies and stuff at that time. Right. So when I went back and. You know, I you know you, you kind of don't know who a lot of other people are when you see them and everything like that. Of course, we didn't really know who Joseph Gordon Levitt was because he was just a kid; he was just starting out. But um, mm. so I but I but of course I followed his career after that, especially with Third Rock from the Sun. But um, you know, as I go back and I watch the movie, and then you realize you have Matthew McConaughey's in this movie, Adrian Brody is in this movie, a young Adrian Brody. And, yeah, it, it's like. His wow. nose hasn't even grown yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was crazy because I mean you have especially with McConaughey because he had just done uh, Dazed and Confused a year before, and all right, all right, all right. And he did, of course, one movie that he refuses to ever talk about, and that's uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: uh, The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Which he which he was probably the best thing in that movie. But of course he doesn't him and Renee Zellweger kinda, you know, refuse to discuss that movie because it's so bad and 
it's kind of a stain on their filmography in a sense. But like I say, he was the best thing in that movie. But it's like you have these guys that are, you know, huge stars now, and then you go back and like, oh, well, they was in this movie. It's like, wow, okay. And but you don't think about it at the time, of course, because you don't know who they are. But like I say, you go back and revisit some of these movies, and you be like, oh, I didn't know such and such was in this or such and such was in that type right. of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I, I think you already named the ones that stuck out to me. I obviously remember the uh, the sports broadcaster, uh, Jay Sanders, and he's currently in a show that I watch now. Uh, uh, Blind uh, Blind Spot, yeah, Blind Spot. He uh, he plays the dad in that. And the uh, foster mother, uh, Brenda Fricker. Now, do you recognize her from anything? Brenda Fricker. I don't think so. She was in Home Alone 2. I'm trying to remember. Ah, that's right. She was the uh, the, uh, homeless lady in Home Alone 2. That's it, yep. Yeah, She was the one in the park with all the bird poop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, so, so I saw her and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. She, she, and it's funny cause I kept on thinking hook and I was like, oh, no, that wasn't hook, but yeah, it was home alone too that she was in. So, um, so she is indeed English and matter of fact, speaking of Matthew McConaughey, she was also, if I'm not mistaken, she was also in a time to kill. And I think she played like his secretary. See so yeah, all these connections is, is, is crazy how, how that works sometimes. Yeah, I wonder if he remembers her, because I don't think, eh, well, I guess the only scene they really shared was, like, the courtroom scene later on in the movie. Yeah, probably, I mean, because, I mean, the cast for that is kind of stacked as well. I mean, it's oh, like absolutely. There's a who's who in that, so. Oh, yeah. Now, the uh, are, are you a big fan of baseball? Like I say, when I, when I was a kid, I was. I mean, I still kind of follow a little bit about it now. Um, I'm not as well versed in a lot of players that currently play, but I mean, back at that time I was, I was, I I knew like pretty much everybody from every team in a sense. Now, uh, and this shows my, like my naivete, like I, I don't know baseball at all. Um, California angels. Is that a real was, or is that a real team? They, the California angels. I'm trying to remember because I know now they're the Anaheim angels. But I think they were the California Angels back back then. I think they were. That's the funny thing because like uh, I see the logo on the hat, and it didn't it it didn't look right because it's the C A, and like uh, and then like Christopher Lloyd's character his his hat or um yeah his hat has A L for Al because that's that's the name of his character. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, that's clearly L A like probably Dodgers, and they just reversed the, the letters. So I thought if I thought maybe California the C A the hat was a play on a different team. So um and it sounds like baseball they tend to change locations and and team team names a little bit more often. No. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, they're one of the ones that do it. I would say more frequently. But even though it's still not as much, I mean, but they're the ones that do it the most, I guess, because of they have, you know, with the stadiums and stuff. And then when their contracts is up, they kind of, OK, well, we got to shift around here and let's change these logos up a bit. Because like here with the uh, with the Marlins, they used to be the Florida Marlins. But then here in recent years, they changed them to the Miami Marlins, which, of course, when it got closer to uh, 2016, um no, 2015. Sorry, uh, with the whole Back to the Future two reference, it was like, oh, could it be the the Miami versus Chicago Cubs in the World Series type of deal? Because that's what yeah. you know it wasn't in, in the future Back to the Future two. But but yeah, I mean they changed the names and stuff like that. 
but because you mentioned the Atlanta Braves earlier, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were like the like a like a Boston team way back when, right? Yeah, they were the Boston Braves. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's that's pretty that's pretty interesting to kind of you know it's you hear about like players obviously you know switching teams and things like that but then like to hear certain teams being moved from from other cities and states that that's a little bit more crazy kind of like okc coming from seattle yep <laughs> you know that's like you know that that's one of the, the biggest one in in recent memory for for basketball at least and i know like memphis you know came from vancouver um the grizzlies that is and so yeah it's just it's it's just a weird thing and to be around like as all these things happen i wonder like who people associate, like, for example, for the ones that were bigger, um, like Seattle Supersonic fans, you know, do are they still like Seattle to them? Or, or like how adaptable is OKC in their mind? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up clearly, obviously a Blazers fan. So I never really like was a huge Sonics fan or anything like that. Obviously, we we, we had this big thing called the, the I-5 rivalry, you know, between seattle and portland mm -hmm. and so uh, I, I kind of fell off after the jailblazer era you know and, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but man. also when when i graduated high school you know i was in the army so i didn't get to watch a lot of blazer games anymore just because of where i would be stationed i wouldn't be able to see those broadcasts so i did come back to uh being a blazer fan again when my son started playing basketball like when he was in second grade and i was like hey you know let's watch some of these games let's go to some of these games also just kind of like see how it's played you know by the pros and and i it, it won me back again you know having b-roy on the team at that time and all these so you know i became a fan again so like for me okc is more I'm, I'm more used to OKC than I am Supersonics, if that makes any sense. No, no, it does. Um, I mean, like, like for me, I mean, I, I still remember the Supersonics um, and everything. I was a fan of the Sonics because I was a big fan of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, along with Deadlift yeah. Shrimp. That, that was that was that was a good, you know, big three. And if they would have kept that team, you know, those three together, well, I should say, if Sean Kemp didn't go through all of his problems that he went through and they didn't trade him away. I think that team would have been a lot better, a lot longer than they were in that four year time span that they were together. But yeah, yeah, they, they definitely had some good teams. And I feel like some of those, some of those uh, uh, guys that you just named there, they all came to Portland like way after the, their high points, you know, in, in Seattle. So, I mean, when we got camp, he was like, I don't know. He must have had already fifteen kids, and he was like way overweight. <laughs> no, no. He he started. He he started with the uh, the Sonics. That's where he started at. That's when oh, he right, was. Right. Yeah, he was, he, he was a he was a nice slim two twenty two forty. I think it was. Then he went to Cleveland and ballooned up to like uh, almost three hundred, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, like and I don't I don't remember when he came to Portland. Whether it was before or after Cleveland, but yeah, when we got him, it was not a good look. <laughs> it was like. Like, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It was bad. And then when he got here to Orlando, down, you know, down here in Florida and Orlando, it's like, you're not even the same guy. You can't even jump off the floor. So it's like, just, it's, it's time to retire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. So let's talk about uh, Roger, uh, who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, him and his, his friend JP, I guess we could call him uh, his friend, they are both foster kids, and they're staying at a temporary foster home 
Um, and I guess while they're there, they kind of this this where I don't know. I guess it's kind of like like a holding kind of home where they kind of await uh, like hearings for their current situation. And like I don't know. I, I'm sure this is a thing, but I thought I just thought it's weird because because um, JP d- does it seem like he's kind of awaiting anything? Like he just seems to be like a regular foster kid, right? Yeah, but I I believe it's like he was waiting. You know, for his for his dad, I believe to come back or something like that. It's like he was holding on to something else, and but he had been a regular foster kid type of deal, and he was just it was it was almost kind of sad in regards to his character, in a way. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he seemed to be more of the you know regular foster kid who kind of been in the system for a little you know a little while, and he just it's like he didn't want to give up hope, but it was almost like at any moment he probably could give up hope of, you know, being in a family type of deal. Yeah. I completely forgot about this other kid, Miguel, you know, that was uh, staying there with them as well. And, um, you know, he's, he's kind of an older Hispanic kid, you know, and then he, he uh, eventually gets adopted and, and you can see that, uh, you know, they were, they were all, you know, kind of like brothers, but I, I did find it funny that like, he never hung out with them, you know, mm-hmm. JP and Roger, like JP and Roger would always sneak into these, these baseball games to go watch, you know, the angels. Cause they're clearly, you know, more of the fans, but, um, but JP, you know, takes it the hardest, you know, when Miguel leaves. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, it goes back to the whole thing of where he is, you know, he wants, he wants a family. So I guess anyone who leaves before him, is like, they're leaving him in a sense. Cause it's like yeah. the foster kids have become his family. For the time being, but anytime they leave, they're leaving him. So he's like, he, he's feeling that whole thing of where he's being left and, you know, that whole type of Exactly, place. exactly. And it's, it's sad because he's the, he's also the youngest one, you know, yep. uh, of all of these kids, too. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, Danny Glover's character. You know, he's kind of, uh, he, you know, I think he's playing Roger from Lethal Weapon, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Yeah, but he's uh, he's definitely not too old for this shit. So no, he, uh, no, he, he does not say that at all. <laughs> I'm waiting for that line or something, so, something like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but but he is a very high strung um, manager in a sense because the team is not doing good. So he has this whole problem he's dealing with. Yeah, but it's like they all, and that's one thing I liked about the movie too is that you know. Everyone is at the beginning of the movie. They're all kind of dealing with some type of issue that's, you know, have them in some type of disarray, whether it's the kids, you know, with the whole foster situation, uh, Danny Glover's character, as far as the baseball team, a couple of the other players uh, like Tony Danza. I know we're going to talk about him later, but Tony Danza, who's who's an aging, you know, superstar who, you know, don't know if he still has that it factor to get the job done anymore. You know, and then you have the younger guys. So you had that whole thing kind of going around in the beginning of the movie. So, and, and that's one thing I like. It, you had this whole progression from the beginning, you know, into the end, especially with the angels coming into play, of course. Yeah, I, you know, I was watching this and I'm like, you know what? It's almost kind of like Major League. And, um, you know, you were mentioning how, like, yeah, uh, George Knox, that's Danny Glover's character. He just, he does not like this team. He wants to trade all 25 players. <laughs> I, <laughs> no. I thought that was a pretty good line. 
Well, I mean, they the team was bad. They stunk. Yeah, I mean, not I, I, like really all twenty five. I mean, I'm sure yeah, you're that, probably that, exaggerating, that's kinda, but yeah, that's kind of extreme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, there, there were some guys. I mean, he did have like uh, according to him, he did have like one really good hitter, and I forgot the the guy's name, but he's the one that had the the the, the curls, the the Hispanic. Yeah, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Stony Jackson. That's the actor's name. Oh uh, okay. yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was kind of the best player on the team at the time. He was kind of cocky, of course, and you know that whole deal. Um, but yeah, he was he was kind of the best one. Ray Mitchell, there we go. Angels third baseman. Yes. Oh, they even got the uh, their positions on on this uh, <laughs> on this uh, page here. That's pretty funny. Um, so basically, at one of the games, well, no, actually, let's, let's talk about Roger and his dad. So he's got. Do they even talk about the mom? I I don't know if I missed that. I I think they I think it was like an offhand they mentioned, but it wasn't. It was almost like a throwaway. Okay. I guess because the mom wasn't really a huge part of this whole deal, but but yeah, I think they just mentioned it for like a quick second and kept it moving on to just keeping it strictly between um Roger and his dad. Yeah, and that's just a sad situation. So mom's not around, and the only parent that is around doesn't even want him. You know, and so so you got that going, and oh, so well, like, well we forgot yeah. to mention we forgot to mention who uh, played uh, Roger's dad, somewhat well known actor, um, Der- uh, Dermot Maroney. Maroney, yeah, uh, yeah. he was. Let me see, he had a couple. Uh, clearly, he, he's done movies, but uh, I I don't know why I always go to him in Friends, <laughs> where where he was like Rachel's coworker or boss. I, I kind of forget. And they had a little thing too. Did you ever watch Friends? Yeah, I watched Friends. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, I, I, I vaguely kind of... remember him on there because I, yeah. I really, I really remember him more so from Young Guns. Really, that was that was like the first thing I saw him in. He was a Dirty Steve in that, and got freaking. He was always chewing tobacco and had dirt all over his face. Hence, oh. I guess the old Dirty Steve. Yeah. Oh my God! You know what? Okay, see, I don't remember the name Dirty Steve, but. Young Guns was was one of my ish, you know, back in the day. Yeah, and I cannot even picture him in that role. I, I, I. That's one we need to go back and do. Yeah. Hey. Well. Yeah. Regulators. <laughs> Mount up. I, I, yeah. I see. I remember that line. <laughs> but uh, oh my god, he was in that movie. That's crazy because hey, you know I, I remember the main guys. Obviously, you know, you're Lou Diamond Phillips and Emilio Estevez and all that. But I do remember there was like two guys. That I never really knew the name of, so it was probably uh, help me out with his name now, um, Mel Dermot. Yeah, Dermot. Dermot. Yeah, Dermot. Dermot. Okay. That's a weird name. Like, yeah, yeah. They is. must call him something else, like a hey, Derm. Like, a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I did, I did recognize him, but it's just man, he's got like this, you know, this biker look to him. He's got the the, the, the dirty facial hair kind of going thing. I mean, it, it looked like a handsome guy still, but he cleaned up a lot nicer in a nice suit, you know, and clean shaven on Friends. But um, yeah. I think one of the other guys in Young Guns that wasn't like a big name, I think he might have been like one of the characters from Back to the Future as well. You know, kind of like one of Biff's, one of he, Biff's goons. He was. You're talking about uh, Casey. Casey, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, gonna try to, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. So it's with a K, right? Casey, cause, cause that, something like that? So, so, uh, well, we'll, oh, just go his, like, yeah. we'll, we'll go with his name from uh, Young Guns, which was Charlie, which I thought was kind of funny when you had Charlie Sheen in the movie, and then you had someone else playing the character named Charlie. But 
Well, yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, kind of like how uh, Danny Glover's, you know, uh, Lethal Weapon Roger, and then he's playing with a kid named Roger here. Yep. Kind of like that. But yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. But even Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez being in movies together as brothers is, is was always kind of kind of funny, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's one we're going to have to do eventually here. <laughs> Might as well. We're already teasing it. Yeah, my, hey, well, like I said, you, you let me know, and I'll definitely join you with it so there, there we go all right so um gosh he, okay see so when i watched this i i i actually funny enough i watched it on youtube and it was actually a pretty decent quality now i prefer to watch things with subtitles and this clearly did not have it and so i wasn't able to catch some of the lines but did did the um, uh dermot did he ever say like why he didn't want his son because I I know we you know we we see the, the the big line in the trailer if anyone remembers the trailer you know when um uh Roger he's like you know are we gonna be a family again and his dad's like yeah when the angels win the pennant you know that's like one of the, the the big scenes in the trailer. Yep. Um. In regards to that, I don't think he did. Yeah. So it doesn't. Yeah. So they probably didn't even give that to us. You know. But we see it in his face every time we see. Dirt, God, there's a he's got some kind of name here. I don't want to keep calling him Dermot. It's Mr. Bowman. Yeah, that's what they referred to him as. Okay. But, but it was more so Rogers. Well, it was more so Rogers' dad. But I guess they just gave yeah. him an official name just just so he could have an official name. I guess so no one's calling him Dermot on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, it's a sad situation. But you know, hey, it's building up to something a lot, a lot happier. You know, yep. towards the end. So, um, you know, so a lot of the times, you know, Roger and P, uh, JP, they, they spend their times at, at, at these games. So, um, you know, one night Roger makes a wish, you know, to to God or to, to some higher, uh, higher power, higher, higher, higher power. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So he wishes that the, the angels win the pennant so he can he can have a dad basically. Yep. And so at the next game, we see, uh, you know, some angels starting to appear during these games. And I think, was it the first, the first appearance of an angel is when, um, is it the Matthew McConaughey's character? Was that the first time we see it? Um, yeah, I think, I think it was, Yeah, I think it yeah, was, it was. the second time was probably the bat. So, so Matthew McConaughey is going for this, uh, going for this ball, you know, he's running out in the outfield and then, uh, you know, they, they, the two angels come and they pick him up. Yep. You know, and then he catches it. So it was some some miraculous catch, and like nobody's really batting an eye, and only Roger's the one who's catching it. Uh, so what do you think about like the, the the look of the angels, and just uh, maybe just uh, the angels in general in this movie? Well, at, at the time, you know, you know, when you're a kid, it, they they look you know fine. I mean, because you know they had them all in white, and of course they got their angel wings and everything like that, and then they're flying through the air type of deal, but. When I went back and rewatched it, it's like it almost looks kind of cheesy in a sense, mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, because the, the only one that you don't see with their wings, of course, well, it's to the very end. And now I'm talking about uh, Christopher Lloyd's character, Al. He's mm-hmm. in, you know, he's in a baseball cap, white shirt, you know, and jeans. That's, that's how you see him the biggest part of the movie. But all, all the other angels, you see them, like I said, they're in the, the, the traditional uh stereotypical version of an angel where they're you know dressed in the white robe and they have their angel wings and the halo and stuff like that so 
like I say, as a kid, it, it was cool to see. But you know, since I went back and we watched it, it's like eh, it almost looks <laughs> kind of cheesy because you know it's been done so much now. You know, in in that time span now, so it's like, uh, it's like, uh, really? It's like they couldn't have came up with a different way to have them look or something. But yeah, no, I agree with you. Like uh, I, I agree, it's fine. But uh, there were some parts that were actually okay. You know, like there's one point we see Al like in a bubble. You know, like we see his reflection. I thought that was actually kind of cool. And at uh, one point, I think, who was it? I think um, there, there's this guy that works for uh, uh, George Knox. His name is, um, the guy with the glasses, was it Daniel? Was that his name? The character? Well, I know the actor is uh, Taylor, Taylor, uh, Taylor Negron, but uh, David yeah. was his name. David. Okay. And matter of fact, he, he just passed away. I think it was last year, I believe. Oh, no kidding. Well. Okay, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Like he has a very distinctive look. Like I remember him in movies. I just, you know, I can't, I, I don't know his name and, and like the, the movies offhand, but he's got that look. And I wonder if it's just from this movie. One movie and you'll be like, wow, I don't believe it. Cause he's always known for playing like the nice guys in movies or whatnot. Cause he, I mean, he's a character actor. He, like you say, you don't know his name, but you've seen his face in other movies. But the one movie that he always stands out to me in and that's the last boy scout and he plays like the main henchman in that movie okay you know what i've never seen it you've never seen last boy scout with uh, Bruce? You, you, yeah you know what's funny is i own it on blu-ray but i've never seen it <laughs> <laughs> you you definitely have to watch it because it's like i say it's bruce willis damon wayne's um and then you have uh, Halle Berry. she has a small part in that okay and and it, because it, it, that one is based around football so, but it's right because like I think I've seen the beginning of it where um, Damon Wayans is playing football. It, like no, no, like no, no, beginning. no. He no, he's not playing. It, it's actually someone else, and the guy he uh, shoot, he pulls out a gun and shoots a couple people on the football field, and then put uh, turns the gun on himself and kill himself type of deal. Um, okay, but but it does start off with like him at a football game or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But but yeah, I mean, and the reason why I brought it up, because like I say, seeing him, like I say, uh, the character we're talking about, talking about uh, David character, uh, Taylor, he he's completely opposite from probably any of the other characters that you've seen him in any other movie. Like I say, the man is vicious, but he speaks very uh, proper. He's he he calls um, Bruce Willis character by his full name. I mean, uh, Bruce Willis character name is Joe, but he calls him Joseph. It, you know, he calls it, you know, like the proper name and stuff like that. He's he's real nice, but he's he's one nasty something in that movie, which is completely yeah, yeah. different from his character here in, in Angels and Outfield, where he's more kind of goofy in a sense or not. Yeah, he he, he really is. Even in his hair, like you know, he's like it's, it's like he's got long hair and it's parted in the middle. You know, he's got glasses and he's got like these uh, tight suits on. Well, I guess they're not tight, but they they look like I wouldn't be surprised if they're high waters from, from the way he looks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, he's the babysitter, and there's one point where he has to uh, get up and like he walks through Al, and like even that effect was actually kind of cool, you know. But yeah, the look of the angels themselves, like. Um, like uh oh, man they them flying and fading I, I i don't know yeah it was just, it was it was fine but you know clearly uh, a product of, of its time yeah definitely all right so let me see so obviously now here here's the thing i i, I want to talk about the when um you know we're, we're jumping around obviously not going scene by scene here but the the part where jp reveals to um 
Ranch Wilder, who's the, the broadcaster, he JP reveals to him that Roger sees the angels and that gets out. And mm-hmm. now the owner, now I felt the owner took a took a turn here. He's he's kind of um he's kind of like a like a Texas tycoon kind of thing, right? Like a stereotypical uh, yep. you know, rich man that owns some kind of sports team. So when this angel story gets out, he turns like 180. Like, like he was always supportive with George Knox. And all of a sudden he's like, you believe in angels? Well, I'll give you 24 hours to to fix the story or I'm firing you. And you know, I'm going to hold a press conference and all that. What did you think of all, all of that? Because I thought that just came out of nowhere. Well, I, I well, first of all, let's uh, mention who uh, plays that character. Um, probably well-known character actor uh, Ben Johnson, who's known for a lot of older westerns, mainly the Wild Bunch, and um, he was also in the Getaway, uh, both uh, directed by Sam Peckinpah. Back oh, in the look day. at you, man! You're, sc- yeah. you're definitely schooling me in all these characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I, I don't know him at all. Yeah, Ben Johnson. He was also in um, Red Dawn. The the original Red Dawn. He he was in that. He had a small scene in that um, mm. as I well. I I haven't seen the original. I I, I wow. saw the, the the crappy remake though. Hey, yeah. but, but you, you're also talking to a guy who just recently seen the original Point Break. Wow. Yeah, because I covered it for original remake. So when when we first started original remake, the running joke was that uh, Point Break was my favorite movie of all time because I had never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I finally saw it and I saw it with the the remake and we finally did an episode on that. So so yeah, I, I look I, I missed a lot of like classics a lot. So but um that's what you're here for. You're you're here to balance out uh the movies I have not seen. So Okay. <laughs> but but yeah, um in regards to uh Ben Johnson's character, he is it's almost like he basically you know, in secret, yeah, I'm. I support, but it, when, like you say, when it got out to the public and everything, I guess he didn't want to mess up any of his business connections, if you will. Yeah. So that's why he kind of publicly disassociated himself from this whole angels situation. You know, I, I don't want to be involved because you know maybe people he was in business with they would look at. You look at that as a reason not to do business with him because that, I mean, I think that's one reason a lot of times in real life as well, that a lot of people don't come out in support or non-support of certain situations because they don't want to mess up any business deals that they have or anything so, and draw attention to themselves in that regard. To, you know, it's almost like politics. You know, you always say people don't necessarily always want to talk politics because it, it always causes some type of friction type of deal so i think that's what this was more so than anything else and yeah. and i completely get that but like i was thinking from a business standpoint like you guys are on a winning streak and all of a sudden because of this you're you know thinking about firing the manager yeah, you know that, I mean? yeah, that, that well, that yeah, that part of it was kind of extreme. But I mean, it goes yeah. back to kind of too. I mean, George not said that he wanted to trade all twenty five players. <laughs> yeah. So, no, so you're guess, right. You're so right. I guess they both kind of went to their own extremes for different reasons with you know certain situations. But yeah, okay. Um, so there's a there's a pretty big scene where um, you know I, I guess we kind of touched on it a little bit where Roger's dad kind of gives up on. Uh, well, kind of gives him up, you know, to the state. So he's awarded to the state. And, uh, you know, we see George Knox, you know, he's really feeling for the kids and he's taking a liking to them because, uh, you know, in a sense, he's, they have become uh, like a good luck charm because, you know, they he, uh, Roger can see angels and 
and uh, he tells uh, Knox like which players to put in, I guess, uh, you know, to help them win. And yep. I do like this scene where um, uh, Knox he he plays baseball with a bunch of like the neighborhood kids. Yeah. 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 Did you like like that at all? Yeah, because I mean, it, it it shows that you know he had a, you know he had a connection with kids. Yeah. Type of deal. So, it, it and plus I almost look at it as foreshadowing, of course, to the end. But uh, but yeah. So like I, I like that because it, yeah. like I said, it showed that he had you know he even though like you know, he was kind of high strung with certain stuff he would go off the handle sometime, but it showed that he had that softer side to him and that when it came to the kids he you know really he he really were like you say concerned and you know he like he had a liking to the kids so yeah and and you can see it too because like you mentioned like his attitude and you know he has a very abrasive personality early on in the movie and as these angels start showing up and they start winning you know um you know he you know cuts down on the swearing and and like you know they trying not to lie and all these things and um, so that's pretty cool. But like the the scene, uh, the, the part I like about that playing baseball with the kids, I like how he kept on telling this one kid, like, just listen to exactly what I say, you know, like, <laughs> all right, run to the second base, run to the third base, like, run home, run home. And then the kid like literally runs home. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty funny. That still worked for me. Like, yeah. That was cute. No, 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 no. That's a great scene. Um, yeah. It, it, it kind of um, it's funny as we're talking about this. Um, it made me think about another baseball movie, um, Mr. 3000 with uh, Bernie Mac where, oh, and, 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 that, and that's, that's a pretty good one too, where he always had this thing about the, uh, the ice cream man, where when he was a kid, the ice cream man would always show up and be playing the song, you know, the type of deal. So at the end of that movie, he, cause he's officially retired at this point in the movie. And that's what he kind of did. And he, he was, he was driving an ice cream truck and he pulls the ice cream truck up to where these kids are playing, um, playing a, a baseball lit and he has the music cranked and then there's a kid he kind of looks over to him and it's like it was almost like he was kind of getting this kid in you know with that music instilled in him to maybe have him go have a great baseball career later on so like i say with the whole uh george knox with the kids type of deal it was well, it was an uplifting thing and you know it yeah. g- gave the kids hope in a sense now the the end of the movie it's it, it was really weird because like uh again I don't know much about about baseball but um okay so the pennant is that the 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 end game there you you want to win the pennant or is that like a like a playoff the the winning the pennant is winning your we we put it in basketball terms. Okay. Um, basically, winning the pennant is like winning in, in regards to the Portland. Like with Portland, you win in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. So so you're winning your division, and then you're winning you know your conference finals. So the pennant is like winning your conference finals. Okay. Oh, so that's it. Okay. So, okay. So and so the champ. So what is this last game that we're watching? Is it the championship game? Because that's a series of seven, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be a series of seven, but they, I think they kind of changed it around in the movie. I guess they they were trying to appeal to the um, people like non baseball fans because they kind of changed some stuff around. Okay, in, in regards to that, they made the pennant seem like it was the end. You know, it was the world because the World Series is actually the end of you know right. Of, that's of a championship game. Yeah, that's right. a championship. But with the they, it's like they just changed it to the pennant. 
Right, because they they say pennant, and then the very last game they're saying that it's for the championship. So so they actually kind of it seems like they changed the the structure of like the the baseball um, playoffs yeah, slash yeah, yeah. championship thing. Okay, so because because yeah, we go straight to like the last game. So George Knox was about to get fired right before the last game of winning it all, basically. So. I, I I guess there's no World Series in this. It was just one last game and you win the championship. It's kind of what it seemed like. So I wonder if the writer even knows about baseball or it, because it's a family kids movie, you know, that they're just like, we'll, we'll just make it easy for them. Is You know, it's yeah. probably what it is. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it seemed like. It just, yeah, because, I mean, they could have, if they would have went to the World Series, that would have meant the movie would have had to be a lot longer to have them go through the playoffs and, and then get to the World Series. Or they could have, you know, did like a montage or something and got there quick or whatnot. I don't know. But I think, uh, I see, I, I think at least Major League did it right. You know, I think they did, like you say, like a montage kind of thing. And they probably did a few different games, you know, where the Indians maybe lost one and then like, and then they lost and then they won a couple, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, again, it's a kid's movie. So, you know, uh, different rules uh, applies. So, so yeah, I get exactly. That. So with this uh, with this championship game is what we're gonna call it. We find out that the Angels are not showing up at all because like, hey, you guys are on your own at this point because we've already helped you this way. So heaven has cheated and helped you guys get to this point. <laughs> yep. um, so I think that's funny in itself. But like as a grown up, I'm thinking like, oh, because Christopher Lloyd, uh, his character Al, he drops the line saying like. Oh yeah, that's a rule. Yeah, we don't help you with the championship game. And like in my mind, I'm thinking if that's a rule, like shouldn't you have told him in the beginning? Like <laughs> they've been waiting all this time. That that's you know? the uh, that's the fine print. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fine print. Um, and so this is where we find out that so they're not here to help, but he uh, Al is there to check on uh, Tony Dance's character Mel Clark, yep. who apparently will be uh, passing away in in six months due to he doesn't say it, but I'm assuming lung cancer because he used to smoke a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was a chain smoker, so yeah, they don't mention it, but yeah, we, I mean anyone who knows is basically yeah, lung cancer is was going to do him in. Yeah, because like once in a while, like you'll see him, like he'll talk, and then all of a sudden he just starts coughing. Yep. So, so you know, it's safe to assume it is lung cancer. So that 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 was pretty sad. Did that, um, as a grown up, did that work for you still? Did that get you a little sad? I mean, it does because, like I uh, touched on earlier, you know, in regards to his character, you know, he he was trying to still hang on to being Mel Clark, the you know, the star pitcher that he was, you know, when he was younger. Right. You know, and, you know, at this point in his career, he, he's he's aged and he, he's basically like um, uh, Peyton Manning uh, this past uh, playoffs and for football. He's basically just, you know, the team has to get him there and he could probably do a little something if he had, you know, if he had enough in him to do it. Because like they always say, talent always wins out. And he was he was a talented pitcher when he was younger. So. It was just basically, okay, what could he do? And, I mean, we get to see him, you know, he actually, him by himself with no help. He actually, you know, saved the game. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's actually a, a perfect uh, comparison, you know, Peyton Manning, because, you know, they, they did win the Super Bowl, a uh, Super Bowl. So congratulations, Denver Broncos. Uh, I was actually thinking like Steve Nash, but uh, yours is clearly better because like Steve Nash, you know, at the end, you're just like, God, this this guy, man, he's, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great player and he's just so injured and you just feel bad for him you know, kind of thing. And then he was yeah. basically forced to retire. So, but, but the Peyton Manning comparison, much better, much better. So ended up winning and everything and continue to play. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess that's it. Was there anything else that, that, uh, maybe we, we, we didn't touch on before we get into like a rating? Just, just one thing. And it's in regards to, um, Al care, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Al. Now I always find it interesting. They always refer to him, he, I mean, throughout the whole movie, he's referred to as just Al. But for some reason, they have the boss, like, in parentheses. So are we supposed to believe that he was actually God? You know what I mean? Because he, he didn't dress like the angels. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. And that's a very good question. And um, it, it, it's kind of like... I have two answers. Okay. Yes, I can see that because you're right. He's in uh, human form. He's more uh, solid than he. He's not transparent like the, the angels are. Yeah. But at the end, it looks like he gets his wings. You know what I mean? So was yeah. he? Was he like? It was this like a, a thing where this was his mission, so he can get his wings and become an angel. His, you know, his, so, his train his training this was his training mission his yeah. initiation you know what i'm saying like, yeah yeah <laughs> trying okay. to get, get in yeah so, so so that's what i think hmm. but but i can i can see both like yeah he probably could have been god but it throws you off when he changes into an angel at the end but they don't yeah. ever like give us any other details so it's it's all speculation really yeah i, I guess it's all like our own interpretation of that in yes. a sense so yes so if if uh if god has wings and looks like an angel too you know he probably was because he was in human form uh you know yeah. for the most part yeah because like i said the only time we see him you know in like the angel form in a sense is at the very end yeah but every, everything else was always you know he t-shirt baseball cap jeans so. Yeah, did did you ever watch any of the sequels after this? Because uh, apparently Christopher Lloyd was in the second one, but nothing else after that. So I was even surprised to find out that Christopher Lloyd did a sequel, the directed uh, directed video. Honestly, I didn't I didn't know there was a sequel to this. Well, there um there <laughs> there's uh, like Angels in the Infield and the End Zone. You know things like those. Th those are all loose sequels, but uh, obviously they keep changing sports. But the the sequel was um. I I, I want to say let, let let me just double check here. Yeah, he was in the sequel Angels in the End Zone. In the end zone. In the end zone. So not baseball. <laughs> this this was definitely football. Now the the uh the sequel had Matthew Lawrence in the in the role, and in, in I'm just looking at the cover box here, and Matthew Lawrence is wearing a jersey. So obviously I haven't seen it, and. So it looks like the kid in this movie, well, I don't know. There's a, there's a younger kid wearing like an Angels jersey, uh, football jersey behind him. So I, I don't know. Just looking at, looking at this, maybe maybe uh, Matthew Lawrence is supposed to be kind of like the perhaps the Tony Danza character, maybe. And then this other little boy is probably the, the Roger character. Now, the cover box also shows Christopher Lloyd wearing a helmet and angel wings. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this now as my. Oh my <laughs> god, this yeah, this looks 
pretty looks, bad. Yeah, yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you never want to judge anything by its cover, but like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm almost curious just because Christopher Lloyd is in it. Like the man did return for for this sequel, so I I am curious to watch it. Um, and looks like there's a character named Peter, so maybe more reason for me to check it out. I don't know. <laughs> played played by um Jack Coleman, who's probably most famously known for uh playing HRG on uh, Heroes. Oh, is that? Oh, that's the horn rim glasses guy. Uh you're right. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I don't him. know him by name, but I know him by face. I recently took a picture with uh, uh Peter. What's what's his last name? You know, one of the brothers. It's it's Peter and Nathan. The those brothers. Peter and Nathan. Peter and Nathan. Oh, oh, Peter. Um, uh, Milo uh, Vita. That uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. I got a picture with Milo earlier this year at the Comic Con. Uh, so we we took some selfies. You know, that's I think I posted that on the Hydrate Level Four Instagram. So, uh, so check that out if you're interested. Yeah, I I I, uh, I went to go see him, and um, I got an autograph for my son because my son's a big Heroes fan, and so me and him we were just shooting the shit. And, and you know, he 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 actually he's from Cali, and he doesn't like any of the Cali basketball teams. And uh, <laughs> he's got a house here in Portland too, so he said he comes to Portland every once in a while, and he's got family up here. But we we're talking some basketball, and then. Um, and he's like, like, yeah, man. Well, well, this autograph's for your son. Why, why don't we take some selfies for you? I was like, all right. <laughs> so, we, so we literally took like three selfies. And they're all silly too. Like, like we could have been like, like bromancing. You know what I mean? So it was pretty fun. Yeah. Cool guy. So that's my hero's story there, related to Jack Coleman. But uh, so Jack Coleman looks like he's the dad in this movie. Apparently, I think that's what. Uh, yeah, that's what it kind of looks like here. Um... In a terrible accident in a rainstorm in which his father, Peter Harper, Jack Coleman, dies, he feels lonely and quits the team. So another another father going away here. And for a different reason, of course. Different reason, absolutely. Yeah. This one's a little bit more like, okay, I get it. That's okay. So they're trying to hit you uh, hard early on. So <laughs> yeah. The father dying early on. So, uh, well, you know. So th- there you go. Angels in the Al- uh, End Zone is the sequel. So if anyone wants to check that out. <laughs> So, sir, do you want to give it a rating for this movie out of five stars? Out of five, I would have to say I would give it a solid three stars. Okay. Yeah. Solid three. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, it was definitely one I I grew up watching. Uh, I don't know how often you watch it. Did you ever own the movie? Yeah, I actually owned it when it was on a VHS. I know a lot of people are like, what is that? But yeah, but yeah I owned it on VHS. So. Is that a car or is that a make? make of a, car? <laughs> a disease, perhaps, like a new disease. Um, yeah, Angels in the Outfield, I don't remember if I owned it, but I at least rented it a lot. I know I saw it a lot. Um, I really like seeing Tony, uh, Tony Danza in this in this uh, movie, and it's, it's unfortunate he wasn't a big role, but uh, I did like, you know, how his character was kind of written, you know, it was, it was yeah, sad yeah, yeah. At, at the end, but, but it was nice. It, you know, th- this is a, a great kids movie for sure. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. Not, not by much, but I, I was going to give it three and a quarter. Okay. So just, just a little bit higher. Um, will I watch this again? Eventually, you know, but it, I'm not going to be like, Hey, I can go for some angels in the outfield. If I want a baseball movie, my go-to is probably major league. Yeah. Yeah. Major league. Yeah, so I don't watch too many baseball movies. Funny enough, I still want to cover uh, Rookie of the Year, which is another baseball movie. Um, D 
these these baseball kid movies, I, I, I enjoy them a lot. I know Major League isn't one of those, but part two is. You know that that's geared uh, more towards family, but yeah. um, I, I I dig them. Funny and you know, iron, uh, ironically, I'm just I'm not into baseball, but I like these stories and and I don't know they they film them well and it's easy to follow. Uh, you know, this movie also gave us jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Clearly, he was a kid, so not not a great actor in this movie, but he's he's a kid, and it's a kid movie. So I think three and a half is is pretty fair. That's like six and a half on a ten scale. So so probably uh, you know more generous than it should be. But that's that's how I do on this show. <laughs> you know I I, t- I tend to like movies like this. So no no I'm the same way. And also another um I, I, you know because this, around this time you know back in the early nineties there was like a a string of kid baseball movies. And well for me one of my favorites along with angels and outfield was uh the sandlot right so you know that, that that was that was kind of for a while there that was my go-to uh kids baseball movie the sandlot because i mean i was doing a lot of the same stuff at that time playing baseball you know on the street with my friends and stuff like that um never got chased by a big giant dog before, uh playing <laughs> or anything like that but but playing, you know, and then you have other kids show up and they want to, you know, challenge us and everything like that. We have, you know, games and stuff. And, you know, let's say, but the Sandlot, that, that, that's a that's a really good one as well. Yeah. You mentioned how like the 90s gave us a lot of like kids sports movies. I mean, what was it? Uh, the Big Green? Was that the soccer one? Big Green. I, th- uh, I don't Big think green. I've seen it. I don't think I saw the Big Green. I, I want to so. say that's what it's called. But obviously uh, Little Giants. You yes. know, with um, Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we, we, there was a lot of, like, uh, kid sports movies, and I, I watched most of them, funny enough. So, and, um, we, and, and, we, and we can't forget The Mighty Ducks. Yes, well, we 1, 2, and 3, which I eventually <laughs> want to cover as well. <laughs> we can't forget those, yeah, which, which, of course, brings back um, Emilio Estevez. There we go. So I, I might have to bring you back for Mighty Ducks now with, with the whole uh, this uh, Young Guns and, and D, uh, Mighty Ducks talk here. Yeah, it's funny how – it's funny. Maroney, it's, it's all Maroney. He, he connects the whole thing. You're right. He it, it all started with that. He connected. Maybe you and I should start a friend's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey. hey, I'm open no, to it. Yeah. All right, Jay. I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, again, this was a lot of fun, even though it's a kid's movie. You know, kid's movie can be fun, too. Yes, you they know. can. Yeah, Disney property, you know. So so they, they go from uh, kid sports movies to superheroes. So they, they're doing big. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not hurting for anything these days. No, they're not. Um, but yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, give your contacts and, and plug your show, uh, you know, wrestling and uh, and movie talk and, and sports. Okay, um, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at uh, the J Giles. That's T A T H E J A Y G I L E S. I'm on Twitter. Um, I pretty much talk about any and everything uh, on there, and I accept you know, anyone. And I'm always open to having good discussions. Um, you can follow the Keita and Jay show at Twitter. Also, um, that's K E D a, the letter N J A Y show. Um, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. You can follow us and hear all of our uh, content. Cause we do wrestling shows. Um, matter of fact, we're getting ready. Cause tonight as, as of this recording is WrestleMania 32, um, so we're kind of getting ready and gear for that and everything. Be watching that on the WWE Network. 
Also, we have our movie talk episodes that I do. Um, Kita, she kind of joins in and everything. We just posted um, a couple ones recently. Uh, the most recent one that's up is, um, I believe, is Chasing Amy. Uh, then it's episode 18 that we covered, uh, Chasing Amy, which I enjoyed because it's one of my favorite movies, personal favorite movies. And I explained why in the course of that episode. Um, and also, um, Peter, uh, at some point, I know I'm planning on having you on a episode of Movie Talk. Uh, still haven't narrowed down exactly what movie, but um, I kind of got it to three. And I'll probably let you know um, once we're off the show here of those three and kind of go from there. But I definitely want to have you on an episode to cover a movie. Oh, appreciate it. I, w- I would love to come on. Um, uh, Chasing Amy it, it is actually one of my, I would have to look at the filmography, but it is one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies. Uh, might be, might be top three, I, I would say, because it, it was probably my second Kevin Smith movie, I think. And uh, I, I really like it and just the, the idea of the story. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been meaning to check that out, but uh, d- definitely enjoy that movie. Um, all right. Well, for Hydrate Level 4 and my other show, Original Remake, which I, I kind of mentioned. And also you can find uh, or you can hear Jay on the, the Superman 2 episode. Uh, those both can be found on followingfilms.com along with other great shows as Pop Culture Case Study with my good buddy Dave and War Machine vs. War Horse with my co-host Michael Denniston uh, from Original Remake and the True Romance Film Podcast with Hyrule and Barry. Uh, they had me on earlier, um, was it last month, I believe, to talk about Gods of Egypt. Uh, shitty movie, but it was a it was a fun time for sure. <laughs> um <laughs> I also do uh, We Got Five with my co-host Devin, where we um, you know, pick a topic every week and we discuss our five favorites of said topic. And I also cover Back to the Future, the animated series on BarrenSpace.com and even Fuller House, uh, which you can also find at uh, CortemParts.com under the TV Ate My Brain podcast. I also do that with Devin. So two podcasters of color covering... Uh, Fuller House, which on that show they even joke that the the family is the whitest family in America. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a uh, it like if you were a fan of Full House, I uh, encourage listeners to check it out. Uh, check out Fuller House. That is, it's on Netflix. They're half an hour, and it's exactly like the original show. So if you like that show, check out Fuller House and listen to me and Devin chop it up. So um, you know you can find me at HLF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, uh, please visit the Facebook page. I don't pimp that out enough. I can use some likes. But on my Facebook page, I uh, I always post every show um, that I do and any guest appearances that I make. So um, please give me a, a like on that. And until the next episode, for Jay, I'm Peter. This is Hydrate Level 4.
Shay.